0: Amen. Victory in Jesus. Victory in Jesus. Before you sit down, before you sit down, uh, why don't you uh, continue standing? And and we want to get right into our series that we're starting today on the armor of God. Uh, I want to say I just appreciate uh, the hymn this month, Victory in Jesus. Appreciate uh, Janet's prayer this morning. From what I heard it sound like, she spent a little time thinking about that. <laughs> and I, I praise God that when we do, that our prayers can be comprehensive and reflect both the promises and petitions of scriptures uh, as well as the heart of God. We're uh, starting a series on the armor of God today in our scripture passages, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. If you've got your Bibles, uh, turn there. We've also got it on the screen and we want to read this together. Uh, so if you would join me in reading it, let's begin. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arms of God, that you may be able to stand against the lies of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Amen. God bless the reading, hearers, and the doers of his word. You may be seated. As I was praying and thinking about this series, one of the things that I, I like to do if I can is to listen to the verse or a passage of scripture over and over and over and over and over again and just let it speak to me and then read it several times as well. And as I was reading this, and I don't know if I've ever heard anybody categorize spiritual warfare in this way. But as I was leaving my office, I was headed to pick up the kids from Hot Keto, And just before I did it, the Spirit of God just broke a couple of things open to me to provide an introduction for the message this morning. If you've got your bulletins, you've got outlines in there, I pray you've got something to write with. If not, snag that. That'll give you opportunities to interact with us uh, in the message today, as well as to uh, take something with you. To be able to revisit this at a later time. So in our introduction, uh, I want to highlight a couple things. Uh, first of all, it's important to know that if we are going to understand our warfare, if we're going to understand the armor of God and its usage, we must first identify a couple of things. Number one, first of all, our position and our role in this battle that's been waged against us. We need to understand our position and our role. So this will be the first thing here, our position. If we have received both the salvation and the lordship that Jesus Christ has offered us, and these are our package deal. You've heard me say that before. You can't get... You can't get the Savior and not the Lord. But if we've received both of those, then we are in a position to put on the armor. To be in a position to put on the armor, we have to have received the salvation of our Lord as well as His authority. See, it would be ignorant of someone to say, you have to understand where you're at in your position. It would be crazy for someone to say, I don't want to choose which side I'm on. I'm not choosing sides. You guys remember a story that, uh, uh, that Bishop used to tell us. He said, you know, God and, and, and the devil were choosing their teammates. It was like a pickup game of basketball was the, what the example was, was like. But he said, God and the devil were calling different people. And finally, there was a guy when the, everybody was chosen, the sides were chosen. There was one guy sitting on the fence, and he says, I'm not choosing a side. Y'all remember this? And, 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 and so Jesus, they began to leave him, and the devil said, come on, man. And uh, the guy said, I'm not choosing a side. I'm not choosing Jesus, and I'm not choosing you. And the devil looked at the man and said, man, come on, dummy. You know, come on, man, come with me. And the guy said, no, I'm not choosing a side. I'm on the fence. And the guy said, man, come on, man. I own the fence. (laughs) See, you can't say when a war is waged against you, I don't want to choose which side I'm going to be on. You're in a war. You are automatically going to be on one side or the other. Jesus, you know, in in Matthew 16, 23 to 25, Jesus, uh, you know, asked that question, who am I? Peter gives this revelation. It's a it's a ha ha moment. It's a wonderful moment. Then all of a sudden, Jesus starts telling what's going to happen to him. Peter says, "Nope, that ain't going to happen. And he says, get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me, for you're not mindful of the things of God. And then he goes on to say that if anyone would desire to come after him, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. See, you got to know your position. you got to know what side you're on. And there are so many people that feel like, no, I don't have to choose God. And, and uh, you, know, I, you know, I don't have to choose the devil. I don't have to choose God. But a war has been waged against you. Either you're going to fight or you're going to yield. <laughs> There's not a neutral position here. When someone attacks you, either you're going to attack back and seek to defend yourself, or you're going to say, "Okay, I give up." What are what are the the conditions? What are the terms of my surrender? Because I'm giving up. You can't be neutral. And and if you if you have the mindset that you're neutral, then the devil and his demons just say, "Well, you know what, man, guys, I don't even worry about them. We'll come back and get them," because he already knows. That's easy prey. That's easy pickings. If you're not going to fight me, okay, I'll be back to get you. If you ain't coming now, you're going to come later. But if you're not, if you're going to choose not to be with God, to be on God's side, you have chosen. You have chosen. Jesus says in Luke 11, 23, that he who is not with me is against me. James tells us in James chapter 4. And you have the reference there on your page and on the screen, but I make note of the fact it says whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. See, either, either you're on God's side or you're not. Ever been on a job or in a situation where you got somebody who wants to be everybody's friend? And there are times where you a decision has to be made and the person doesn't wait to make a decision. The person doesn't want conflict. The person doesn't want tension. The person doesn't want to be labeled or identified with one side or with the other. So they're, well, I'm not going to choose a side. Well, you can't choose a side here. Are you God on God's side or are you not? And so here's the, the important thing to remember. Let me back up here. The important thing to remember is that the default position for us is to be against God. That's the default. You know, you buy electronics, you buy different things, and they have a default setting. And, and then if you want to change it, you've got to do some programming to it so that it'll work with it with in, in the settings and in the situation that you want it to, to, to operate in. Our default setting. Is that we have been born in in sin, shaped in iniquity. We have a predisposition to not choose God and we have to make the choice to choose him. We have to make the choice to receive the gift that Jesus has provided for us and to be identified with him. That's our position. Now, this is going to make sense to you. But it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be real plain. But this verse starts off, it says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So when you think about position, we identify whether we're for God or against God. But here's the thing. You can't be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might if you are not in the Lord. See, there are too many people that want the love of God, the peace of God, the blessing of God, the favor of God, but don't want the authority of God. Well, who are you praying to? And by what means are you asking God for what you're asking him for if you don't want him? You just want the benefits. The psalmist said, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, and bless his name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Some folks want to forget that he's Lord, but they want to think on them benefits. But you can't be strong in the Lord if you're not in the Lord. Now, that just makes sense, doesn't it? There are people that want to pray. There are people, Lord, help me. and Lord, give me strength. And and people know the religious jargon. But they're not in the Lord. And you can't be strong in the Lord if you're not in the Lord. I mean, that just makes sense, right? Kids, here's an example of what we mean. Just break it down for you. You can't enjoy the protection, the freedom, and the safety of being dry in the rain unless you're in the house. If you're not in the house, you don't enjoy the safety and the freedoms and the provisions and protections of a house in the midst of a storm. I know I'm not the only one that's ever been in a storm. Physically, you know, spiritually, metaphorically. You can't be strong in the house. You can't be dry in the house. You can't be free in the house if you're not in the house. If you're out in the rain, you can't be strong in the house. You can't be strong in the Lord if you're not in the Lord. So position is key. So I encourage you, any of you that don't know Jesus, see, get the altar call early. If you don't know Jesus, understand that you're in a position To be bombarded and not have recourse. And you can't draw upon what this scripture tells us God has given us to help us to stand. You feel like you can't stand? You feel like you can't handle it? If you don't have Christ in your life, no wonder you can't stand it. No wonder you can't handle it. No wonder you pray and your prayers aren't answered. No wonder you're so frustrated. Because to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, you have to be in the Lord. So if we're going to understand spiritual warfare and the armor of God, we first have to understand Our position. Are we or are we not in the Lord? Amen. Amen. Secondly. We have to understand our role. In the battle. We have to understand our role in this warfare that we are involved in. And this is so key. And I like to say, I was leaving to go pick up my kids from Hokkaido. And I'm reading and I'm listening to this over and over again. I got 10 through 12. Uh, You know, and I pulled it out and put it in my media thing. And it's just playing these verses over over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I've never heard anyone explain or communicate spiritual warfare in this way. But it was like the Holy Spirit just said, look at this. And I immediately saw it. The biggest role and responsibility that we have in spiritual warfare, and not just in spiritual warfare, but in the Christian life is soul management. Soul management. That is our biggest role and responsibility that we have in spiritual warfare. Now, I've never heard anybody characterize it like this. And maybe there's other ways to say it. But this is how God broke it down to me. And what I kept seeing as I was listening to this over and over again and reading it over and over again is I kept seeing all of these things The scripture tells us we have to do. And look at, you go back and look at this, and I'm here looking at it. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. After you stand, so that means you've got to stand. Uh, So after you've done all to stand, stand. So after you've done everything to stand, stand. And then this, it goes through. Putting on the whole armor of God. And we see these. You've girded your waist with truth. You've put on the breastplate of righteousness. You have this, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You've taken the shield of faith. You've taken the helmet of salvation. You've taken the sword of the spirit. And you're praying always with all prayers and supplications for the saints. So I kept seeing in this passage all of these things that we have to do. And the thought that came to me was, you get to choose whether or not you want to do this or not. See, we understand that man is triune, just as God is triune. And just a quick lesson, we've gone through this and talked about this many, many years ago. But man is three parts. Man is triune. Man is three parts. Just as as God is one God in three persons. Man is triune as well in that man has a spirit, a soul, and a body. And the spirit receives the things of the spirit, of the Holy Spirit. I see some smiles. Maybe somebody's ca- catching all over here. And the body responds to and receives stimuli from the physical world, the, the physical world, the material world. But the soul the mind, which is the mind and the seat of our will is, is, is the gatekeeper and the soul gets to determine am I going to live according to how I feel and what I see in the material world and all the thoughts that are bombarding my mind or am I going to live out of the spirit and am I going to be led by the spirit and am I going to allow what the Holy Spirit does and says and leads me to do to rule the day So spiritual warfare is about soul management. Are you with me? Does that make sense? So he's giving us commandments. Do this, do that, put this on, pray this, do this. And the soul has to decide, are we going to do that? See, that's funny. You know, I don't remember who it was, the comedian that says, you know, I said to myself, self, and and self said, Yes. You know, in the beginning when he said when God said, Let us make man, that was the that was that was the Trinity in, in communion. And see, we have to talk to ourselves. And the soul has to say, Body, you don't get to rule today. Holy Spirit, I receive and I'm gonna obey what you are telling me to do. Warfare is soul management, y'all, and I've never heard anybody characterize it like that. It is soul management. What's going to rule the day? What's going to influence what I do? How I live? What I say? It's soul management. And here's the interesting thing. Before we were converted, we couldn't manage or control God. We couldn't manage or control the devil. We couldn't manage or control ourselves. We couldn't manage or control anybody else. Now that we've been saved, we still can't control or manage God. We still can't control or manage the devil. We still can't manage or control other people. But by the grace of God, we can now manage and control ourselves. <laughs> That's good. See, nothing changed in the battle except by the grace of God, you and I now having the ability to choose who's going to rule today: the, the spirit or the flesh? what the Holy Spirit's saying and doing in my life, or what other people are doing and what I think and feel about it. Spiritual warfare is soul management. I'm just like, I mean, God said, I'm like, oh my goodness. Man, I drive to keto, I'm parking, I'm in the car, I'm on my phone, I'm like typing as fast as I, as I can type. I'm like, oh God, that is so good. It is soul management. There's all these things in this passage that he says, dude, you got to be strong in the Lord, not in yourself. Be strong in the power of his might, not your own. Put on the whole armor of God. That means that God's not going to put the armor on for you. Not only that, that means that you can't put on the armor for anybody else. Because even though Paul here is talking about something that's physical in in, in, in a body, in, in armor, The essence of the armor that he's talking about and its application are internal. So I can't put on peace for you and you can't put on peace for me. I have to put on peace for me and you have to put on peace for you. I can't put on the helmet of salvation, I, you know, for you. Because when the devil's coming against you, you have to know that you're saved. And it doesn't matter how much I tell you you're saved. If you're being bombarded and you get caught up in your feelings and you feel like you're not saved, sometimes it don't matter what I say. I can't put on the helmet of salvation for you. You have to put on your helmet and I have to put on mine. And that's why in verses like in 2 Peter, uh, and I believe it's 2 Peter uh, chapter uh, 1. He talks about the fact that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him we've received all spiritual blessings and then he starts talking about things you got to add to your faith virtue and knowledge one of those things is self control and after self control he says perseverance (laughs) so we have to decide we have to decide we have to decide what we're going to yield to. Man, that's the battle. So in our role, we have choices. And I've outlined several here for you to fill in. We get to choose whether or not we're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might or not. We get to choose that. The Holy Spirit saying, I provided for you. This is what I provided for you. This is how you get it. Will you receive it? We get to choose to put on the whole armor of God or not to put on the whole armor of God. And see, there are aspects that we put on, but then there's things sometimes that we don't. And and that's why he had to say, put on the whole armor of God. Put it all on. We get to choose whether or not we're going to stand and continue to stand. Or not. I get to choose. I've been in some situations where I've said, God, I can't stand anymore. I can't take anymore. And he says, you can't, but I can't. My grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You feel like you can't, but he can. But you got to stand. You got to stand it. And you and I get to choose. Are we going to continue to stand? Or are we not going to continue to stand? And the soul is the gatekeeper. And the Holy Spirit's giving grace and and divine enablement. But the body is saying, oh my goodness, this is how I feel. And I'm so tired. And all these thoughts are bombarding the mind. And the soul's got to say, what's going to rule the day? Is it how I feel or what God says? Is it what I'm receiving from my body or is it what I'm receiving in the spirit? We get to choose whether or not to pray and to be watchful to this end or not. We get to choose. Am I going to be a person of prayer? A person that, that prays without ceasing? And a person that in all things gives thanks? Or am I just going to go to God when I have a problem? And once he solves it, I don't have anything to say to him. And I'm not watchful, so I don't expect God to say anything to me. We have a choice whether or not we're going to be people of prayer and watchful or not. Those are our choices. And so there has to be continual moments of reckoning. Continual moments of reckoning. And we we know this passage, but Paul says in Romans 6, and you've got the reference there, but it says, likewise, in verse 11, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He goes on and says, don't, don't, don't yield yourself as members of sin. You know, don't let sin reign in your mortal body that you'll obey its lust. But present yourselves as members of righteousness unto God, not not as members of unrighteousness. So there has to be a continual reckoning as things come against us. We have to continually reckon ourselves as dead. Another way to put it, Bishop used to always tell us, someone said, what does reckoning mean? And he says, if you don't have any money in the bank, I reckon y'all might write a check. What's the key? Don't write a check when there's nothing to draw from. If we don't reckon ourselves as dead, what do we have left to draw from? How I feel, what I think, what's coming against me, what people are saying, and and my thoughts about all these things. I don't have anything else to draw from. I don't have the mind of Christ to draw from if I don't reckon myself as dead. So there has to be a constant a regular... Reckoning of ourselves. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 that we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. We have to continually reckon our flesh as dead. We have to continually reckon ourselves as a people who cannot draw from the things of the material world and our thoughts and our feelings about those things. They aren't going to help me. They aren't going to help you win the battle. We put no confidence in the flesh. So the soul is the gatekeeper. And, and the soul gets to determine who's going to call the shots. And that's why I said spiritual warfare with us is soul management. I'm just, every time I say that, I'm blown away because I've never heard anyone characterize it like that. But Christ has given us everything that we need. He tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1 and 3, he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through knowing him. So I have everything I need. But will I manage wisely by choosing to appropriate what he's provided? Doing so is our privilege and it's a choice. So, final thoughts. And we hit a lot in a short period of time. Final thoughts today for this introduction on spiritual warfare. It is the grace of God that empowers us. It's the grace of God that empowers you to decide both the position and the role or responsibility that you will have in this war. If I'm in Christ... I can put on the armor. If I'm not, I can't. But here's the thing: Christ has given grace so that we can choose to receive His lordship and to receive salvation, so that we can put on the armor. It's the grace of God that empowers us to choose. And when the Spirit of God draws us, we say yes. That's we get. We choose. God, I'm going to respond to the invitation you've given me or no I'm not going to respond so you get to choose I get to choose the position that I'm going to be in you and I also get to choose the role we get to decide am I going to draw am I going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might or am I not and is being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might My new default position for everything or just some things? You get to choose. So I ask these questions today Will you submit your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Because apart from that, you can't put on the armor. You know, when you get in the military, they issue you things. And there are all kinds of people, weekend warriors, that go to these military supply stores and they get BDUs and they get their name sewn on it and they get all these patches and different things you know and they might even go to a store and and buy a gun and a holster and walk around and they look like they're in the military they look like they've been issued some stuff but you know what there are some things that really only true military personnel can get issued got a guy who's really become a friend in seminary and he was in the marines for eight years and and they go on some missions. They get some weapons that you're not going to walk in the pawn shop and buy. <laughs> you're not going to walk in your local gun shop and you know and, and pull, out, pull out some of these big guns. So there are people that want to try to get these other things and, and act like they've been issued something. But there's some weaponry, there's some, some armor <laughs> that you don't get issued if you're not in him. Secondly, will you draw your strength from God so that you can stand? Again, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't do all things on my own. (laughs) So will you draw your strength from God? Will you choose to always draw your strength from God? And here's the thing. When the mortar shells are being dropped and gunfire is coming, you see people all the time in TV shows, or maybe you see it in real life. A cop gets shot by a bullet, and because they have a bulletproof vest on, their, their life is spared, but that don't mean it don't hurt. That don't mean it wasn't tough to take the bullet. That doesn't mean, you know, they, they don't have some internal injuries, but they're alive. <laughs> And so it might feel hard to stand. You might get shot at and feel like you've been shot, and you might have been shot. But if you have the armor of God on, what was that old, uh, the lethal, what was the lethal, one of the lethal weapon movies, and the cops are getting killed, they call them cop killers. Those bullets, and they could go through the bulletproof vest. You know, the devil's got some stuff, but, uh, you know, God's armor can stop the cop killers. God's armor can stop everything that the devil's going to throw to you and at me. It's able to stop it. But we got to choose to stand, even when it hurts, even when it's difficult. And, and sometimes you just want, you know, God says, hold the position. We're going to talk more about this, but about how we hold the position, hold our position. And, and, and sometimes we get tired of holding the position and being the one that gets shot at. And we start feeling like we want to advance. And God says, no, the strategy is you hold the position. I'm taking the ground, you hold the position. And we get frustrated, we're like, no, I'm advanced, I'm, I'm done with this. If this shield can take it, I'm going keep walking towards the enemy, I'm going to get up too close to him, I'm going to give a nice something. This really is for another time, but let me say this. In, in, in some of, the, of the, the black churches we've been at, they've sung that song, I'm going to the enemy's camp, and I'm going to take back what he stole from me. And here's the funny thing about that song, the enemy's camp is in you. Your job, my job, is to maintain the ground that Jesus has established. His ground, his responsibility is to go, to uproot, to reveal, to to share, to to tear up, to reveal those things in us that are not submitted to him. And to deal with them and then to call us to call that thing what it is, submit it to Christ. Okay, great. Now, protect this territory. Back up a little bit. Okay, now you're protecting this because I've taken this ground. Your responsibility, my responsibility is only to stand, to hold and to maintain the ground that he has established. So, you know, you don't have to go to the enemy's camp. The enemy's camp's in you and in me. And we need the spirit of God to work and to uproot. And so don't don't make decisions about you're going to advance and do anything. The armor was given so that we could stand. Three, will you put on the armor? all of the armor so that being him in him you have and experience what he's provided so you can continue to stand and finally will you be a person of prayer and take prayer seriously that it's not just about going to to, to, to stuff for you for when you need something but it's about being in communion, in regular communication with God. Listening. Walking with him. Enjoying his presence. And in that, you receive... You you ever wanted to... There are some things you only receive by way of relationship. I can read stats on a famous athlete, a famous anybody in history... And know all the things about them that all the history books say. But there's some things that I'm going to come to learn from them and receive from them only by way of relationship. Being people of prayer positions us to receive some things that we can get from God no other way. But by being in relationship with him and cultivating that relationship. I believe that these four things are the keys for us to wage war. So remember and consider your position, be it in God or not, and what that means. There are no neutral parties. You are on one side or the other. And then consider your role, that your role is to be a personal soul manager. Not anybody else's manager, but yours. And choose to do what this scripture tells us so that we can stand. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bless your, your name. We're so grateful, so very grateful that You have provided for us everything that we need to stand. Lord Jesus, we thank you that the victory was won and our redemption purchased on the cross. We thank you for your faithfulness to the Father's command that we might be with you and know you and be in fellowship with you, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would never, ever stop leading and guiding us, that you will always be there and always speak to us and always speak for us in intercession, that we'd be empowered to stand against all that the devil has in his arsenal. Thank you, Lord, for the word today and for this time. God, for the one that does not know you, I pray that you would continue to draw and that you would help them to see that apart from you, they can do nothing, but that they need you And not only that, but you're worthy of their praise, of their obedience, of their life. They've been purchased by you. And Lord, for those of us that know you and have surrendered our lives to you, I pray that you would help us always to draw from the resources of the spirit and not of the body, to be spiritually minded and not carnally minded, and to trust that in doing that, when we feel like we can't stand, that your grace is sufficient and you are able to keep us, and enable us to stand through your work in us. Bless us, I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.